When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to History of Westeros podcast. We've got a special episode tonight. Trying to get back to our usual live stream schedule after our short hiatus after the season. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. It's our second week in a row that we've done a Friday. We're not intending to always be on Fridays. It just kind of worked out that way. We have guests and work schedules and all that that we have to work around and we find the time when we can to hang out with you guys. So thanks again for joining us. Now, I would guess that nearly all of you, whether you're watching this live or watching it after the fact, have tried to get someone else to watch Game of Thrones. You've explained why you're obsessed with it, why you love it so much, why it's worth watching, why it's worth getting involved with, and maybe you've had varying levels of success with that, or maybe you were someone that got started that way. Maybe you got convinced by someone else, and that's how you got started. And if you're here tonight, then that must have been a good thing for you because you're here. You must have enjoyed it. You must have been worth your time. And so you became one of us. One of us. And tonight, that's what we're all about. We've got a special guest here today, and we're going to try to convince him to become one of us. (laughs) One of us. I I wish you the best of luck. With that one of us talk. (laughs) I've already ruined it. I've already started off on the wrong foot. Yeah, so we've got Todd Robert Anderson here. Uh, he's most known for You're the Worst, which is how we know him. But we've also seen him in Andrew Tribeca. He most recently was in Ray Donovan. He's been in Weeds. And I just want to mention that he was in Blast from the Past because I love that movie. And I didn't realize he was in it until I looked him up and I saw a picture. I was like, that was him. And that's awesome. It's a great movie that- with Brendan Fraser if you haven't seen it. That was my first ever theatrical job. Yeah. Blast it, from the Past. Oh, wow. well, so it's an actual start. Blast from the Past. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> How many I years? also do I also appear very briefly on this show, a Netflix show called American Vandal. Yeah, okay. And okay. uh if you've not heard of it or seen it, I wouldn't plug it because I'm barely in it, but the show is hilarious. Okay. So I'm plugging it because I actually was like, I forgot I had done it and then it started and I was like, oh shit, this show is really good. So watch <laughs> <Yeah>. that show. Watch from the past your actual first theatrical, like you didn't, weren't in drama in high school or nothing? Well, when I say theatrical, I mean uh, a movie or TV show I got paid for. Fair, fair. I did a lot of stuff for free before moving out to L.A., and I did a few commercials before I did Blast from the Past. That's that's what I mean. All right. 
Uh, we also hadn't been super familiar with some of your other stuff, but obviously when we had you on, we were going to look into it, and we discovered that you have <laughs> this this review show called Film Pigs with Stephen Falk, who also does You're the Worst, who created it, and you've got a podcast, Jason and Todd Talk Through Lousy Films, so you seem to like talking about movies. I'm uh, definitely a cinephile and obsessed with movies. If if you, I wish I could walk you out into my garage so you could see the video store that I have in it. <laughs> I, it's an old box. I, I have so many. I am stuck in the past. I like to have plastic boxes with plastic discs inside them to go and pick out what I want to watch. From. I so feel That's, you. I used to work at Blockbuster. Yeah. I own hundreds of DVDs. My closet just stacked <laughs> with them. And I like to be yeah. able to like give them to people like, here, watch this. You know what I mean? I don't even care if they give it back. But yeah, I'm, right, definitely, right. I'm definitely the opposite. I see this big stack of DVDs on the shelf. We have a big bookshelf here in this room, and it's got books. And for a while, there was one shelf that was full of DVDs. And I was like, why? <laughs> we, this, all of these could be in a notebook. We could put more stuff up here on this shelf. <laughs> Never did, that's, but you know. That's absolutely true. I mean, I think it's a thing. I think it's like, it's like collecting vinyl or whatever kind of old timey tech you collect that has your, your entertainments on it. That, and I worked in several video stores as a kid. So I think that's, it's nostalgic and, and I, I, I think it's a problem. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I think it's just a problem. Worst problems to have. Worst problems to have. I'm right in the middle between both of you guys because I like DVDs and Blu-rays, but only when they have a bunch of extras, a bunch of special features. That's my thing. Sure. I love BTS stuff. I will collect all the DVDs I can and Blu-rays of things to, to get it, but I don't care about owning it myself personally. I just rip it and put it on my computer. So. I get it. Yeah. Most of my friends have moved on and that's the way they are. But I'm also the other reason if there aren't special features on a Blu-ray or a DVD that's newly released, I will buy it if it's a proper widescreen thing mm -hmm. and it's in the proper aspect ratio and that hasn't been available before. And sometimes it's available on streaming first, but there's a lot of obscure titles that are getting released on Blu-ray now that I'd forgotten about that were big like in the 80s and I got the VHS tapes and it was so oh. exciting. But now they're coming out and they're in widescreen. So it's like I'm seeing these movies for the first time because I grew up watching them in the in the 4-3 oh, cool. you know, aspect that's ratio. God help you if you reason. have the wrong aspect ratio. <laughs> Uh, so. I can't stand it. <laughs> I I am insane about aspect ratios. I get mad at my friends. If I come over <laughs> and they put on a movie and it's like squished or stretched out and they will watch it for 20 minutes and I have to stop. I'm like, do you guys know the aspect ratio is horrible? And they're like, you're a jerk. Why do you care about that? And I'm like, it's because like it looks like everybody's like short and fat doesn't that bother it's you like if the, it's like if the first line was missing from each page of a book you know like the first word the sentence. whole book you yes. know yes thank you that is such a good analogy thank you I'm here for you we have a super chat from our friend Stephen Stark who says welcome Todd Ashea is still the best still we true. have a we have a trend around here of referring to Ashea as the best because she is so. it is true so you'll, let's you'll catch on, on that note we should uh <laughs> Move on and tell people about how this, this episode came about. Yes. So, in You're the Worst, 
uh, Todd's character, Vernon Barbara, has a podcast, Vernon Down the House. And because we have a podcast, it's one of our favorite things, yes. especially because he has a, sponsor- a sponsorship from Red Napkin. Which anyone uh, listening to us will will know about Blue Apron. And we've had Blue Apron sponsorship, so we got that joke just hits home for us, and I really appreciate that in the writing for the show. Now, of course, for people who, if we didn't mention it, you're the worst airs on FXX and on Wednesdays, and it's currently in season, which is great. It, yeah, just, in season four. Season four. And, you know, most shows don't even get to a season four, so that's great. You can tell just by that that it's a quality show. But we've been watching it since the beginning. Anyway, the reality you know even though it's a comedy show the details of this podcast of this fictional podcast burning down the house is actually pretty well done it's it's accurate to like how a real podcast would run in a lot of ways and that's just one of the many details we appreciate about uh, you're the worst and of course the main thing is that it's hilarious but right we well love these I, other I agree with you i think part of the reason it is so good is the writer's attention to detail <laughs> i mean there's there's little things i think that only i get <laughs> I swear to God, I'm like, I don't know who else is going to get that. I feel like they wrote that just to let me know they cared. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a fairly well. I wouldn't say it's there's people that only one person gets something about Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones is the same kind of thing where there's little there's the show is geared towards a mainstream audience, but it has levels where. You know, if you're obsessed like we are, and and, and pretty much everyone who, who's here attending this live stream, you it, you can miss all those big details and still enjoy the show. But if you're looking out for these great details, you find them, and that's really fun. That adds to the to the to right. the enjoyment. You know, on the I mean? surface, like a, you're gonna have you know some warrior fighting some bad guy with his sword, and there's a dragon flying around, and some hot chick's going to save the day or whatever. But we're like, look at the hilt of the sword. Look at the hilt. That's a wolf, you know? <laughs> That's right. We, we did get a Look at the brooch. Back. Look at the brooch on his cloak. <laughs> look at the aspect ratio on his armor. <laughs> we got a super chat from our friend Aker Frey, who has a bit of a running joke that he, he likes to have guests of ours say a certain phrase. Uh, so you're going to have to say this for us, Todd. It's Irish wristwatch. Yes, try to say it without messing it up. Three times Very fast. hard. Three times? Three times Irish fast. wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Whoa. Pretty good. That, that, that was really good. good. <laughs> that was really hard, you guys. <laughs> Most hard. people think it's not going to be so hard, then they mess it up. But you, you nailed I, it. That I, was good. Uh, before you're the worst, I probably wouldn't have been able to do that. They write... <laughs> Such bizarre, tongue-twisty lines with weird, abbreviated words for Vernon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wrapping my mind around some of those monologues has been really difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Well, And you have, not only do you have a fictional podcast in the show, but you have a real podcast. um, And that's one of the cool things, I imagine, that you've experienced in your career as having a podcast and being on TV is that sometimes you never know who's going to just somebody that's you've heard of that is actually enjoys your show or your podcast. And that's what we're doing with here. I don't know that anyone actually enjoys my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple I did, of them. Just so you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. I really did. Yeah. Uh, the, fil- the film pigs one or. Yeah. Uh, Shay and yeah. I each watched. Different a bunch of ones. different episodes, but we weren't watching the same ones. I watched this, a, a slice, if you will, from like late 2000s, where you guys were just like in your car after a movie, barely sober. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or a little vlogs. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched a bunch of the ones where you had 
different guests, you know, like Doug Benson talking about stoner movies and stuff like oh, that. Right. I, I, like sto- the... I like stoner movies, so I was curious. Yeah, that was the Geek Nation uh, yeah, web series. Yeah, that. We yeah. watched the, a web, the web series. That's what I watched a bunch of. Now, Doug Benson, of course, is in You're the Worst as well, a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. Certain... I yeah. totally forgot is that, about a, that. Is that a connection? Is that is, there, <laughs> is that part of how that all came to be together? Or you guys just all know each other? It actually is. Well, no. I was a big fan of Doug Benson, like, from when he started Doug Loves Movies, which mm-hmm. I just happened upon, and I just liked it. Um, but really what it was is Doug would bother Falk was a producer on weeds for a while, uh, which is part of the reason I was on weeds. Um, but Benson like would tweet him and say, when am I going to get to be on weeds? When am I going to get to be on weeds? (laughs) It seems like he belongs at least a little bit. Right. And that makes sense. (laughs) Um, but it, it never, you know, transpired but here here he is on you're the worst so you know tenacity (laughs) right on leave it to a pothead to have tenacity yeah (laughs) that's how that works Doug is a very special kind of pothead i mean (laughs) you this guy has multiple shows i've been lucky enough because of you're the worst to do a few of them uh including the youtube uh you know jash series getting dug with high oh, you oh you've been that? on that i didn't realize that i would have yeah i'm probably that. the least watched episode of that show <laughs> i've seen a bunch of episodes too and i haven't seen that one now i, I was on well it's usually more famous people it was me and a comedian named rick glassman and a okay. porn star named uh, okay. janice somebody and uh i i think that's why it's just he didn't have uh, the biggest names on that i think that should be episode. her porn name janice somebody by the way. <laughs> yeah. i like it griffith that's griffith. what it is janice griffith i think okay. is her name which is so modern that's not the kind of porn star name i grew up with at Me all either. there's no fruit name or <laughs> color in there at all there's yeah it doesn't sound like a cute puppy or something <laughs> It's just Janice Griffith. She does porn. She's all right. <laughs> she gets hot. She's a, well, that's cool. She's a nice lady. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so why don't we get started with the convincing part here? We can we can try to work on you a little bit here. A little body, a few blows to the body. You, you had a question for him, yeah. We do have some questions, yes. But before you do, let me just give you my... <laughs> I'll, I just want to give you some fodder. Yeah, tell sure. us you, you told us, us you told us that you've re- resisted watching God, so we wanted to ask right. if, if resisting is an accurate word and why. Well, there's a number of reasons. Okay. One, I I feel like I've been burned by too many serialized shows, so I often wait for the what, however many five ten years it takes for the mm-hmm. thing to run out and be over. Yeah, and then I find out from people does it maintain its entertainment value the whole time does it drop off i'm specifically referring to a tv show from a long long time ago called lost <laughs> uh, i'm with you i quit that show too in season four i was like no more i'm done with this. but wait but i didn't quit i'm because <laughs> i was raised catholic <laughs> And I, I and granted, I lapsed that shit a long time ago. I, I watched it to the end, and I was raised Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Baptists would stick with it, but it's just like a, I got to find out how this turns out, which I think was why I kept going to Catholic Church for so long, just out of the fear of if I don't see how this ends, 
you know, I might be, you know, adrift on a, wait, a desert wait, island. Were you guys watching Lost in church? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> no. I just mean returning to it in the way you do to church. Like, uh, it, it's there's a habitual thing, and you don't want to miss out, and you don't want to offend anybody, and you don't want to make the creators mad. So I didn't want to upset Lindelof or Abrams or any of those guys by quitting, one. And two, I really did want to know what the hell was where it was going, you know. But as the show went on, I, I kept saying, well, there's answers. Like, what? Walt's still gone. And he was supposed to be the yeah. Jesus character. And he's – is he ever going to come back? And – and the polar bears were in a zoo. And what was that about? And like the button they kept having to push. Why does that not matter anymore? And I was waiting for those answers. And then in the end, it was they're all in purgatory, which is basically like waking up from a dream to fix everything. <laughs> and I was so mad. I was so mad. So that's why I'm resistant to serial. So, so let, let me ask, did that burn you? Did you never watch uh, Leftovers then, which just finished its third and final season? Also by no, I didn't watch didn't the watch leftovers. Really? I did not watch the leftovers for that reason. <laughs> yeah, I like I, I like the idea of the leftovers. I like the idea of the uh, 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 what's it called? We only the people who are bad are still left on Earth, sort of thing. What is that? The rapture. The rapture. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of the rapture as a story, and I've liked movies about it. But when I read the concept that. <laughs> It's some people are raptured, but most people actually aren't. Yeah. I was like, well, that doesn't. Well, it wasn't necessarily the rapture. They, yeah. they kept it kind of vague. They, vague. They, they weren't trying to figure out the mystery. It really, what it was about is like after this happens, it was like 3% or something 3% the population disappears. goes, which is, could be devastating, especially if like one of the 3% is a pilot on a plane at the moment or whatever, you know. But or the thing family. is, like the next day, like. You still got to cook breakfast. The kids got to go to school. You still go to work. Like, life just had to keep going. It's just about the characters in this world trying to continue their lives, you know? So it was more of a drama about people dealing with the loss than this mystery of what happened, you know? I'll say I didn't watch Lost, and I was turned off originally at the idea of watching The Leftovers because of how it was made fun of, Lost was. And then I learned that The Leftovers was going to be three set, finite seasons. I read that they weren't going to explain what happened, and it sold me on it i was like well those were the issues before so I, i'm gonna give it a shot i really liked it I, not more than game of thrones so i'm not about to recommend that to you over this though i was you know since i'm the person here who watched loss and quit i was too burned by that to give leftovers much of a try but since they tried it and we all live in the same house here i started to watch it with them i looked at the ratings on imdb and the third episode had a really high rating and it was the highest rated episode of season one and I still didn't even like that episode, so I was like, "Well, I'm just this isn't for me." Um, <laughs> with uh, with Game of Thrones, okay. So uh, there was a show on the Stars Channel called uh, Spartacus. Oh yeah, did you guys watch that? I tried it, but no. I didn't I like saw it. Rome. I was like, "Nah," I gave it. I gave it a thumbs down. <laughs> oh well, okay. I'm going to disagree with you there. No. And- and I only watched it, one episode, to be fair. Right. It's it's obviously a very, tonally very different thing than Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hear me out here. Here's okay. what I loved about uh, Spartacus. It, it's uber gory. Uh-huh. There's a lot of fighting mm-hmm. and shock value to it. But it has a sense of humor 
and a mm-hmm. camp element to it. And I like camp. As many, like camp. as many naked ladies as there are on the show, there is an almost equal amount of naked dudes, mm-hmm. which cool. keeps my wife from getting pissed off. Because if it's all <laughs> female nudity, she's like, this is some bullshit. But it, it, it measured out nicely. The uh, In the first season, Spartacus... So it's for your wife that you want the male nudity. Just... It's sure. for okay, my go wife. Ahead. Yeah. I got no wife. problem. Okay, yeah. I got no You saw the third season of You're the Worst. I clearly don't have a problem with male nudity. <laughs> good, so, point, good point. So I So this is the show that I liked and I can understand not liking it because it's it, it, it was over the top, all right? Mm-hmm. So when Game of Thrones was first announced and I didn't know anything about the books, I was like, "Oh, it sounds like Spartacus with dragons. But then my friend, Steve Skelton, said, oh, slow down. Because uh, he was watching the first season. And he was like, they keep talking about dragons, but there's no dragons. And he said to me, he said, I don't think you're going to like this show. It's very slow burn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, it, and this is the first season. I understand there's more dragons now. But he's like, and they keep talking about dragons that don't show up. And I was like, oh, that sounds like it would totally piss me off. So that's why I stayed away from it. All right. Well, two two questions. One, since you watched Spartacus, did you watch Rome by any chance? Just curious. Uh, I watched some of Rome. Some and of Rome. It, was it, just, it, yeah. it bored. It bored. I imagine me. it's a bit slower. I've watched it in the last few years, and it's only two seasons. So that it was it wasn't my point, but uh, definitely one of my angles I was going to convince you with was that there are dragons, a lot of dragons, and who doesn't like dragons? But if it's too slow burn, which pun intended, I assume you meant that <laughs> slow burn. Uh, it's worth it. They, I, I'm not really. Well, if there are no dragons for a long time, then there's no burn. <laughs> no, no burn. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm not a big dragon fan. Like I'm not some crazy dragon fan. But I like Don't them fine. But after the most, after the most recent season of Game of Thrones, with the kind of dragon action they had, I was sold. I, I never before did I think dragons were all like gung ho, raw, awesome. But now. I'm I'm into dragons. They got their <laughs> they got they did it. They got their budget continuously increased like every yeah. year, and so they the, were the able visual to, effects are pretty spectacular. Yeah, for sure. and you start off basically what you start off with is small dragons, and they grow as seasons go. So by the time you get to the later seasons, they're big and dangerous and nasty, and the budget is huge, and so they can fully technology use is better too. Yeah, they're just yeah. better at making yeah, sure. better at it. Yeah, like a show that's been around this while, they just got good at it. Yeah. Well, I like dragons when, and as a, I'm, I'm, I'm a movie junkie, you know, I like movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and that was always a complaint I had is there aren't enough good dragon movies. Yeah. There are so few dragon movies. Uh, Pete's Dragon doesn't count. Like the friendly, the, what's the one with Dennis Quaid and Sean Connery is the, the dragon heart. Friendly oh, yeah. dragons are bullshit. Well, <laughs> I'm not into friendly dragons, but there are so few, like, Awesome, and I—I I swear to God, Reign of Fire. Yeah, I yes. would call the best dragon movie. I think I agree. Currently. I was going to ask if you had seen it. That's awesome. I have been saying, I have literally been saying for more than a decade that Reign of Fire is the best post-apocalyptic dragon film of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's the only it, it, DVD I've ever purchased. Remember, I was talking about how I'm not onto DVDs. It's the literally the only one I've ever bought. <laughs> it was kind of a joke because you know. 
right, I sure. That because there uh, aren't a lot of apocalyptic dragon films. They usually sh- take place in the sh- past. Well, Don't because they made no one so awesome, it. no one else is bothered. Like, how can you top it? <laughs> no, no. It's like saying Shakes the Clown is the Citizen Kane of alcoholic clown movies. <laughs> That's a irrefutable statement from Jay Carr of the Boston Globe. It's absolutely true. Yeah. So we have another super chat from Stephen Stark. It says, slow burn, but best payoffs on TV. And yeah, I mean, that is one of the things about Game of Thrones. When you have a show, like you say, a show like Lost, it doesn't have any source material it's based off of. And you don't know that it's going to continue. You don't know that it's going to, it has, it's going to have a full lifespan. So I personally am very hesitant to get involved in almost any TV show these days, unless a bunch of my friends are already watching it and I just can't avoid it. Or it's already had a few seasons. Basically, once it's kind of got that, like, hey, we're a good show, we're going to probably stick around. Once it has mm-hmm. that safety, yeah. you know. And Game of Thrones, of course, is not going anywhere. Game it's only got one season yeah. left. It's got one season left, which you have, so you have plenty of time to watch it before that and to be part of this <clears throat> pop culture phenomenon that it's going to be for the final season. Yeah. But they're also writing a bunch of different successor shows, and we're going to get at least one Game of Thrones spinoff show. So you're not going to escape Game of Thrones in the future. They're writing like five different ones, and they're going to air at least one, and probably more over a long period of time. So... I'm sure. I, that, yeah, you're not going to escape Game of Thrones. If you think you can just fly under the radar, it's going to be here. Well, what I'm hoping is after the final season airs and they release, you know, the the box sets, you know, mm-hmm. then yeah. someone will just give, give it to me. And oh, okay. Hit, 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 you said. I'll us. watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Get it. Yeah. So yeah, I've got just, I've got a bit of a, a spiel to pitch the show to you, and I can't right, decide go. if I should just go on for seven minutes or kind of get pieces in here and there. But here's one thought I definitely want to get out now: is it even if you watch Game of Thrones and don't especially like it, I still think you should watch it. It's just this piece of culture. I can imagine someone not liking Star Wars, but you still should see it. You just can't like it. Even if you haven't seen it, you still know what a lightsaber is and who Darth Vader is. It's just... Well, yeah, but I mean, you could say that about anything. I could say that about, hey, did you watch Different Strokes? It was an important <laughs> sh- comedy show in the 80s about an old white guy well, who adopted black it, kids. Let's just say you made now? a list. Is it relevant now? Right. Yeah. Let's the say very you made special a list episode of- where <laughs> Gary Coleman's character's <laughs> friend might have been molested is very important. Conrad Bain is a is a venerated actor. <laughs> it is true that you can say Bain. that about a lot of shows, but A as Shea points out, some of them become less relevant as time passes. This is hot right now. And two, if you're gonna make a list, if you're gonna like go down the list of culturally relevant pieces of art or literature or whatever. Yeah, but you know. it depends on if you're counting you have books and Different movies Different strokes pretty shows. far down. I don't even know if it makes the top 100, but Game of Thrones wait, is wait, probably top now, 10. What you talking about, Sean? <laughs> now you're just being offensive. But I see what you're saying. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I do feel like I'm left out of the water cooler conversation. Yeah. You know, because everywhere I go, people are talking about Game of Thrones. So we were at the premiere screening of You're the Worst. It's like a party thing. Mm -hmm. And a number of people were talking about Game of Thrones. And one of the guys on the show said, hey, you know, Todd, just start watching this season. You don't have to watch any of the seasons before. And I was like, really? And he's like, I, it look, he's like, it's just the prettiest show. 
<laughs> that's what he was saying. It's really gorgeous and worth watching for the cinematography alone. It does. It does. It is often compared to movies in the way that it's made because of the high budget and the attention to cinematography and the, um, all the incredible locations that they use. I mean, it's set design, Spain, costumes. Iceland and Madagascar. Didn't they do Madagascar or something like that? Croatia and all these just exotic locations with, with real castles and real amazing uh, geographical features. So the, definitely it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I mean... It's got good production value, yeah. Is it going to beat what I saw in Highlander with Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery? <laughs> well, because there yeah. are a lot of castles in that, and then New York skyscrapers. I got everything in that movie. But see, there could be only one, and in Game of Thrones, there's lots. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> there's no lightning when someone's head but, is cut off either. <laughs> but if, if there can be plenty of people, then why do they fight? Because in well, Highlander, they have to. You have to tune in to find that out. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. These teasers. <laughs> you gotta find gotcha. out. So, so I will say, so let, let me get, let me get some of my thoughts out because I feel like I watched like a couple hours, you know, I watched one after another of your 10-ish minute reviews of different movies, which by the way, pretty much you guys kept picking like the action movie of the week. And every sure. time you didn't like it, like, <laughs> but they keep what they every they go back every week and watch another one, and every time they don't like it. Like, <laughs> I loved y'all's comments on uh, on Fast and the Furious. You said it's a it's first of all it's a movie about family. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. That got me good. Well. You know, every, we do because every now and then you get a Fast and the Furious or a Crank. You know, <laughs> you know a mo- or or the last Rambo movie. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. But <laughs> Steve Falk, Steve Falk said as I we watched it together, he said, "You look like a twelve year old boy. You were just perched <laughs> on the edge of your seat, just happily watching this horrible carnage." And that, you know, that's, that's what we're go. I go for the like shock value. Yeah. Blow my mind. Terrify I, me. That- I do recognize that there's like a slice of the population that wants cool action. And that's often going to include violence and car chase scenes and fist fights and all that other stuff. And the rock. And usually the movies that have these things. <laughs> Aren't good movies. They're just not. They're just, they're just, they, they get some stars and some explosions and they make a commercial and they make a hundred million dollars and they don't sure. have to be particularly artistic or whatever, you know. But sometimes you get both. Sometimes you get a movie with a lot of great action and also some good performances and et cetera, et cetera. And so one, I wanted to point out that I, I think I got a pretty good idea of what it is you're looking for. But also I want to point out that a lot of times how you feel about something is based on your expectations. And so sure. I am worried that if you go into the first season of Game of Thrones excited about fights and dragons and medieval war, it's not going to happen. It's going to be a drama. <laughs> it's going to be like some character sure. development. And they're like laying down a groundwork for some long-term mysteries that will there develop. There will also and- be a lot of what they call sex position, which is a lot of nudity and sex, but couched in revealing plot stuff. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of nudity. There's more. What well, Basically, there's kind of a pattern. Like early on, there was a lot of sex position. And then that started to kind of peter off. <laughs> peter off. I see what I mean. <laughs> and they, it's because uh, of the, it means penis. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, that's not what I it's thinking. becoming flaccid. When, when you see <laughs> right? it, penis off he, might become more meaningful to you. Was, so it you know. actually is relevant because the character we're talking about, his name is Peter. Too. Yeah, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's Peter, extra, there's a lot it's of extra funny. But, you uh, will get layers. so many more joke opportunities once you've seen Game of Thrones. Just so you know, so many references you're missing. But anyway, as far as expectations go, 
I, I, I think the Game of Thrones hits on all the bases, but it's like some seasons do it different than others. I think that if you want a serious drama with great character development and subtlety and nuance and grandeur filmmaking expertise and cinematography, it's going to have all that. But also, if you want some hot chicks with their tops off and you want some dragons burning people alive and you want to see some swords smashing some hammers you're going to get all that but you're going to get some of it in some episodes and other of it in episodes and so sure. i think you should be ready for the beginning to lay down this groundwork to set up this world now and having said all that i do think halfway through the first episode you're like god they got me watching this boring show (laughs) some people will think that and i think you you will be one of those people but i also think by the end of the episode you're like whoa i didn't think that was i didn't know it was gonna be that kind of show Uh, you know i think you'll you'll be hooked in by the end of the first episode and by the end of the first season you'll be like you might even be craving some more drama you'll be wanting to ask questions about what characters were doing or thinking or what had happened in the past and you'll slowly get to the answers of those and as they as it as it goes a, they've got a lot of the groundwork, role building, character development out of the way, and B, they've got this much bigger audience, which includes a greater number of people like you who just want to see some badassness. Well, that's what it starts to be more of toward the end. You start to get more action scenes, more action episodes as you're reaching climaxes from storylines and histories that are developed to climactic moments. The later seasons have more excitement and the earlier seasons have more development and so i'm hoping just having that expectation will keep you drawn more into the show <laughs> that's good to know i mean i i guess like one of my things it, it drives me nuts in whatever genre of filmmaking i mean except you know drama if we're calling that a genre <laughs> uh, but any kind of thing that's specialized like a com a comedy action horror when People call it a slow burn and they say it's a slow burn because there's character development. Mm-hmm. And, and the character development is people just yammering at each other. <laughs> That's when I get bored because you can you, – like a good action movie uh, and a good horror movie, the characters are developed through the action. Mm-hmm. So whatever the horrific element or the action-y element, it's there from the beginning and you learn about the characters through them going through whatever weird adventure it is. So a few things about it. Uh, Game of Thrones definitely has a bit of a horror element to it, in that it has the, these otherworldly beings that are that are coming for everyone. It seems we'll, we'll call them zombies. Yeah, we'll call them zombies, zombies. basically. Oh, it's basically oh, an ancient, so it, basically an ancient zombies. evil that has yeah. arisen again after a long time. And so, so is it more is zombies or like an Evil Dead situation? Both it's got that both. element. It's yeah. got the, the the basically there's these these undead like sort of long living ice creatures that can that can raise the dead that can create this thing called white so those are like zombies and the other things are kind of like ice zombies I think we can all agree at this stage in our national history that whites suck (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness we do get plenty of options to make jokes like that in this case white is spelled W-I-G-H-T but of course we all make white power or white this and that jokes yeah Yeah, yeah. Uh, the jokes just make themselves now Here's something I wanted to bring up that I think you're, as a part of a show that's been on for several seasons, what you can do in season four of a show that you can't do in season one of a show is have callbacks to earlier seasons. True. And that's happening a lot now in You're the Worst because you guys have built up 
you know, several seasons worth of material and you can, you have running jokes that have been going for a while and that anyone who's attentive will be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That's hilarious. Or like, like referring to, um, I'm totally spacing out on an example right now. What's an example of a oh. Edgar? Yeah, this some screw getting up he did off. in Iraq. Yeah. Getting he, cut off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good example. And Game of Thrones has has been around. This is now it just finished its seventh season. So it had not only does it have that same thing of being able to refer back to things that happened in earlier seasons, but it also has a lot of the original cast were actual kids when the show started. Mm-hmm. So you're so they're actually growing up. You have actors that were 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 to 18. Yeah. So you're sa- you're saying this is like boyhood but even longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It is. Honestly. But it's not all that. Right. Yeah. That's just part of it cuz it's, it's got such a giant cast. One reason I'll also point out for the slow burn, if you will, one reason it takes a while to develop the characters in a drama of the show is because it's so spread out. And it it honestly might even be helpful I was going to say if, when, you decide to go ahead and start watching it. <laughs> uh, to, to maybe get an outline, to have some character names in your mind, just so you can absorb everything that's happening, because there's so many Sean's characters draw you some sort of chart or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, generally what's going on is you have... We, we see in the opening episode, the opening scene of the first episode, we see these zombie creatures. That they're real, you know. But everyone else in the world, in this Game of Thrones world... They're, they're legends, they're myths, they're stories from the past. But we, we know, we saw it right off the bat, you know. So we also see this girl who's been exiled. There's a whole backstory to that, but she's been exiled with her brother. She, that's where the dragons come eventually. Young, hot dragon. I wouldn't want to spoil it, but you just, you just know know. at this point, society. Uh, and so we, we know that there's this threat of dragons and this threat of zombies. But, but those things haven't developed yet, right? And in the meantime, we're seeing all this politicking for, for power, for, for who's going to sit on the throne, right? The Game right. of Thrones, right? But that's, and that's kind of a theme of the show is that all this squabbling and, and backstabbing to get power, they're all just worried about the wrong thing. You know what I mean? There's going to be zombies and dragons coming and they're all kind of and worried they're about fighting this. over politics. It's, right. It's so, very much an allegory to the modern world as well, especially because these ice zombies are a lot of times seen as, you know, as an analogy for climate change, where everybody's fighting over politics. Meanwhile, nature is going to come destroy everything, you know, because no one's, people aren't doing what they need to do. And I know that you want politics in your action. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I I don't mind some politics in my action. I, I'm not afraid. All right. Okay. We got two super chats I got to address. One from Corky94, who asks us, what TV show would be Joffrey's favorite to fill you in? (laughs) Joffrey is a particularly, sadistic, awful, crazy kind of guy in the show. A, a teenager who has too much power. Um, I'm going to say he would be into like American Horror Story or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it makes sense. He would uh, like Spartacus. He would not, like Game of Thrones. <laughs> he would like Spartacus. Yeah, he, he would like Game of Thrones. That, those are our answers, basically. Obviously, Todd can't answer this. But, <laughs> no, uh, not really. You would love to hate Joffrey. You, yeah, you would hate Joffrey. Yeah. yeah, you would hate him. You would enjoy hating him. I, I think you would. Okay. Because he's a spoiled, he's a spoiled brat. Is that the deal with Joffrey? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Spoiled, spoiled brat. Very rich, entitled, you know, and uh, cruel okay. and sadistic. You know, yeah, easy to hate. Yeah, make you make some jokes sometimes. <laughs> Most of the bit. characters in Game funny. of Thrones are very gray. That's one thing that makes it interesting is that you there aren't good guys and bad guys. People, some people like certain characters more than others, and but they don't say that these guys are better than others necessarily. They just prefer them. There are some characters who are kind of unambiguously bad guys, and Joffrey is one of those rare examples of that. Because just kind of like in real life, like name a a real life human being that has 
never done, you know, something that you would disagree with, even if they're a great person. It's trying to portray human beings more accurately, even though it's set in this very unrealistic setting. But, but it's about those characters. people are still a piece of shit. So, yeah, it still has some pretty evil people. Even, yeah. even Joffrey, yeah, he's misunderstood in some ways. He's he's awful, but he is. He has a, he has a bad family life, I guess. <laughs> That's just, I don't know, I'm making excuses for him now, but he's, he's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got another super chat from Stephen Stark who says, Game of Thrones isn't one story, it's 15 interwoven stories with flawed gray characters covering a vast world. It also subverts so many classic tropes. And that's true. It's well said, story. Stephen. That's true. The- what, are the class- what are the classic tropes it subverts? I would Ooh, say... A lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I would say... Uh, it certainly subverts the good guy, bad guy trope, guy, like I yeah, just said. Like, that was an example there. Yeah. For no, sure. There aren't just good guys and bad guys. Another one is that... there's a dwarf character who t- t- subverts that a bit. There's a major subversion of be- doing the right thing is easy. You know, that's so often in movies and TV show, doing the right thing is portrayed as also the easier choice. And in, in Game of Thrones, it's very... It hammers the point home that doing the right thing has a big cost sometimes. Like, fighting for peace... There's often a huge cost for peace, yeah. and often, I would say the other you know, thing like is that. that a lot of times, I mean, it's it's kind of a well-worn thing that Game of Thrones kills off its main characters. I'm sure you've known about that, but the good guys just don't always win. It mm-hmm. doesn't always work out. Killing off main characters was one of the major chances it took. Right, main main characters. Main, like, Whoa, main character. that guy's dead. When you now, start watching crap. a show, whoever you think the good guy is, whoever you think the main character is, what you know, whoever you're by the end for, of the show, it'll they're be not different. safe. It'll no be character yeah. is safe. The there is no main you character. Thought was bad either. will be good. You'll think of them as a good character potentially by the end, or at least a more gray character. Yeah. So, so I think I'd say that is the main way that they do it you might see this shining uh, this is from our chat i won't say exactly what she said but uh, from monica yama she says uh you see this like white knight in shine in shining armor like a, what you think would be a good character but he actually is doing some awful awful dark things and but right. sometimes he does do good things i mean it's you like know, so yeah. it, it definitely is uh, instead <laughs> yeah. of people being more so one dimensional there another theme of the show is torn torn loyalties you know what i mean like the king tells you to do one thing. The queen told you to do something else. Who, which, which person are you supposed to follow? And uh, and sometimes both things might be evil or against your personal code or against your family or your country or whatever. And so oftentimes characters having to like figure out somewhere between what they believe or what they're most likely to get punished for. You know, it's some knight in shining armor. Still, sometimes I feel like I feel like I would relate to that as as an actor, because sometimes the director tells you to do one thing and the <laughs> producer tells you to do something else. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you got the writer, but not even there. Yeah, well, exactly. So. Well, let's let I mean, as a question I wanted to ask you relating to all this is and relating to that somewhat indirectly is that you've avoided Game of Thrones, but as you said, you know, at your at the party for You're the Worst, people were talking about it. What from from our perspective, which is very, very biased and in a bubble, we we obviously deal with Game of Thrones constantly. What how large does it loom, you know, like in, in Hollywood? Obviously there's just so many projects that we don't even ever hear of that never see the light of day. So there's just so much going on that we're not privy to. So I just want to get your take on how big Game of Thrones is, you know, from your perspective. Because to us, obviously, it's, you know, one of the biggest things there is. But that isn't, that isn't how everyone sees it. Well, you know, I think, obviously, it's got a lot of cachet. HBO, just in general, people kind of revere mm-hmm. in this town and elsewhere. I'm not always... Uh, when I first 
started subscribing to HBO, there was a lot of stuff there for me, but it's become less and less. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, stuff that's for me, I, I find more stuff. Uh, this is going to sound so lame because I'm on a show on FXX, but I find more stuff that's for me currently on FX. Mm-hmm. We do too. We, we do, do too. It's the best channel. It's got all the best channel. channel. We've I, said I, we that. We all yeah. agree that it is. We've it said is. that on our show before. I mean, I could just let, I could list off a bunch of shows on FX, and I would still miss shows that I love somehow. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and the, and I don't watch everything on FX. Even mm-hmm. that, I it's like something has to. The weird thing about Game of Thrones for me is there's a lot of elements that I I was attracted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also didn't want to be disappointed again, mm. you know, Yeah. uh, by, by something. And, and I was uh, honestly also comparing it to Spartacus, which mm-hmm. I loved. Uh, like yeah. I watched the whole series a couple times. How uh, long, how many of, seasons did that run? Spartacus? Four? It, yeah. Five? Four? More? Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Because uh, the first season where Andy uh, Whitfield played Spartacus, and then he, you know, he got cancer. He got brain cancer. Yeah. Um, and and while they were waiting to see what happened, they shot a prequel, which was just six episodes instead of twelve. Ah. Oh, is that the blood and sand thing? Yeah. yeah blood and okay. sand. Yeah. Yeah, and then they did two more seasons with a different actor playing. Sp- uh, Spartacus. I, I can tell you, I've actually seen a lot of like scenes, but without dialogue from Spartacus, and this is pretty weird. But <laughs> fans of Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire, the book series, they like to fan cast what characters will look like and make like gift sets or videos or things like that. And Spartacus is very popular for for fan casting characters for Game of Thrones. So I've seen a bunch of stuff from it, but to, completely out of context <laughs> and with no idea about who the characters are. Right, okay. <laughs> but I've seen a lot, and it, it, I think it looks nice. I mean, I like that kind of uh, aesthetic that it has, it's kind of a barren, uh, the like the arenas and stuff like that. I don't know, I like that aesthetic a bit. Spartan. Yeah, it, Spartan. <laughs> well, and, but also the thing about Spartacus that I think is very different than Game of Thrones is is it, it it's it's got Sam Raimi written all over it. <laughs> you know, there's where the camp it, comes it, from. Yeah, you got Lucy Lawless in there. She's just She's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you watch Ash versus Evil Dead. No, now, but we don't. that's another that's another show that I watch. But like Raimi, he did Xena Warrior Princess, which mm-hmm. that was like a campy, you know, Saturday afternoon thing. The kind of stuff you love. Highly entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I liked I liked Xena. It was fun. Yeah. I, I like camp, I do. But this was, you know, kind of a marriage of that cheese and a and a harder hitting thing, and I, I just like that about it. Cool. And the visuals are way more over the top. They're very you know, they're very you can see the evil dead in them. <laughs> the, the like splatters of blood, but it's very cartoony mm. across you know. Yeah. It, it, and Game of Thrones seems more visually like like a Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings uh, movie. Yeah, that is probably it. And again, kind of like the story presentation. I think the style presentation shifts through the seasons too. That they get a bigger budget, and it, they. Uh, I mean, in this last season, it's it's obvious. I don't want to give too much away, but it's across the board. People have commented on the distinct change in style of what everyone's wearing in the show, and I think that. 
stylish and flashy are like very similar words and I think flashy has a little bit more negative of a connotation but I, whichever word you want to use I think as Game of Thrones progresses it gets more stylish you know mm-hmm. oh okay yeah. yeah so I wanted to mention my angle to convince you so you before we <laughs> did this episode you I asked what shows you were watching you said Claws is my favorite you said that word my favorite <laughs> right now it really is my favorite so I had already been a little interested Claws is a show on TNT with Niecy Nash uh, which is about the extent of what I knew about it was that it had Niecy Nash the the fact that she didn't walk away with an Emmy like <laughs> all of the Emmys they should have given her all the Emmys she's <laughs> even for amazing design, on the just, show yeah just, so, yeah just give her all the trophies is she the central character she's central character and so that was the extent of what I knew about it was that it was about a nail salon I knew that it had an aesthetic that I that really appealed to me like candy colored bright like colorful things I I love colorful things I like it when shows don't shy away from that sort of thing so that was already a selling point I knew a couple people had watched it and it has a mostly female cast and anyone who listens to the show knows that I'm into that so I was I was down as soon as you said it's your favorite I was surprised don't get me wrong I, I was definitely surprised when you said it was your favorite it intrigued me so I, I, I watched the first five episodes out of ten and I wanted to bring up what I, what similarities I think it shares with Game of Thrones I don't know why you like Claws let me carry oh, off real quick okay, I just yeah. want to point out I did watch the first episode yeah. and I was really impressed it was really good I don't uh, I'm sure Shay's got a lot more yeah. to say having seen more and thought about it more but i i thought it was going to be this sort of comedic story about these girls chicken head and about their man you know but it's <laughs> yeah, more of a crime drama it's it's kind of a serious got some humorous parts and yeah, some colorful no, moments it's but it's uh, yeah. like a crime drama with a bunch of female leads instead of a bunch of male leads it's, i was i was really it was very different than what i thought it was going to be and very good cool yeah i mean maybe that's why i got sort of sucked into it so fast but also i mean i imagine to compare it to game of thrones it took me into a world that i wouldn't have considered it's a little bit more reality based obviously than <laughs> game little. of thrones yeah. maybe <laughs> maybe it maybe. gets a little out there uh, i don't know a character named uncle daddy is very unrealistic <laughs> I don't know. I don't spend a lot of time in Florida, but I wouldn't put it past <laughs> that state. No, I agree. I if think there's someone named Uncle Daddy, they're in Florida. <laughs> By the way, this character, this yeah. character I'm referring to is Dean Norris from it was Hank Schrader from, from, from Breaking Bad, which is what I was going to get to next. Uh, just uh, as an aside about my appreciation, I liked that it had Judy Reyes, who was Carla Espinosa and Scrubs, uh, one of the the only one of the main female characters, and I, I liked that show a lot. So I didn't know she was in it though. So that was a really pleasant surprise. For so I liked that, but as for what I actually liked about the show itself, besides the you know characters in it or the actors in it, is that it has a lot of fierce and gorgeous women in like some insane outfits. Like the costuming and the wardrobe is crazy, oh, uh, yeah. and they're hot as hell. I mean, they they <laughs> just are. They're they're really hot. So there's that. Game of Thrones has that for sure. It's got the sex appeal angle. It's got women, you know, plotting powerful and, women. and powerful women, fierce women. So it's got that. Claws has a lot of plots and schemes and like plot twists and turns and things like that that I would be like, the end of the episode was like, oh fuck, what (laughs) happened here? I can't believe this. Uh, (laughs) Game of Thrones definitely has that covered. Claws has sex and violence, though less, you know, you know, explicit sex or violence than Game of Thrones. 
but it does have that as well. And I think they both had some really great imagery, like in very different ways. And that, you know, Claws is very colorful, but it has great cinematography. And that's one of the things I appreciated about it a lot. I don't know. These, this is just me guessing what you might have liked about it. Uh, the crime drama element, maybe as well. I'm not sure. There's also, less of, there's, there's no drugs in it. Also, you said that, you know, what's her, what's her name? This is the lead actress? Nisi Nash. Nisi Nash, you'd said that she deserved to win a lot of Emmys. Well, Game of Thrones has certainly, has some extremely talented actors and actresses that have been with the show for either short periods of time or long periods of time. You've got one episode with Ian McShane. Meanwhile, you've got, you know, seven seasons of Lena Headey and right. Peter Dinklage. And they're just both, they've won a lot of them. They have won Emmys and they, they just, you know, I think they're pretty widely deserved. And we're, this is something that a lot of our listeners will understand and you will maybe understand on more of a, uh, not a distinct level, but you'll get the point here, which is that we, uh, Shay and I and most of the people who follow our podcast have read the books and we came to the books first. Oh. We came to the books first. I came, yeah. I read the books back in 2001, long before the TV show even existed. So there's always this kind of back and forth on, oh, why did they change this? Why did they change that? I don't, I, you know, I see them as two separate entities. They're very different mediums. And so that's a thing, right? But it's really common that some of the book purists, which there are a lot of in our fandom, that will say, oh, this is bad. It's, it's not nearly as good. But even the most negative takes on Game of Thrones from people who have read the books will still, still praise the acting. That's one of the things that is always great about the show. Even when the story falters or when some things just don't make sense or it's just not your bag, the acting is always amazing. So that, that's a great, that's a great thing. And when you, would you say the accent work is on, yeah. is on, yeah, they definitely you know, make point? a point of having people okay. in different regions of the show have different accents, you know, like a, a strong northern accent versus more of a politic, you know, a, a capital accent. So they, they definitely do that, yeah. They, they, they cast actors a lot in different of areas. They're all, and they're all, I mean, Irish, British, or Scottish, or something like that, except for Peter Dinklage, the main, who is, t- who is one of the main characters. Uh, There's a few others, like... Yeah, Danish a, actors in here and there, but oh, Danish, yeah, mostly. You're right, you're they right, also Danish. have a lot of uh, Texans and people from Boston. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's another trope okay. they broke. Uh, yeah. Are they are they using? Are they just Boston accents? <laughs> I would that would be so. There's hilarious. a there's a dragon with a Boston accent. There's <laughs> one, one of them. It's kind of weird that only one. Always wears a always wears a Patriots hat. It's really weird. Wait, wait. <laughs> You're just joking, right? The dragons don't talk. Correct. No. Yeah, they don't talk. They don't. <laughs> okay, because I can't hassle with talking dragons. No, they the dragons. <laughs> no talking dragons. Talk. Fire only. Fire and roaring. That's it. That's all. <laughs> they speak to me. Uh, <laughs> all right. Fire and roaring. Yeah. Even if Benedict Cumberbatch is doing the voice, I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> there are people who sound a little bit like him, but no one with a name like his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that bothers me. It's a dragon. It's not real. Why can't it talk? But I don't know. I just think they should. We all have a line somewhere. Yeah. And I agree with you. I do. There's there's, there's like there's one tiny thing in Game of Thrones that is like there's so many fantastical things that are happening. I don't know why it bothers me. But one, there's eventually the main character who has dragons eventually rides her dragon, right? And she doesn't have, like, a saddle or anything to, like, strap mm-hmm. her in. And, like, it just really bothers me on this level that I feel like it shouldn't bother me because it's a dragon. And, like, it's just crazy. Just flying period. around, just holding on. But I really, can't, I really can't picture her just holding on to these, like, horns. <laughs> Was she the only one who rides dragons? You'll have to watch to find out. 
Well, I'm just asking about the saddle. No one has a saddle. No one has a saddle. No one has a saddle in the show. Except for your horses. There are some... I'll say she has three dragons. She can only ride one dragon at a time, so... You would think that the show wants to find two more people to ride these dragons. So that's an element of the show. And there have been little hints and clues. Like, we're hesitant to even say too much because that's something through the course of the show you're thinking about, you know, seeing how it might go. Yeah, you might be wondering, who's going to ride these these two dragons? Who's going to ride the other two dragons? And will they ever create a dragon saddle? (laughs) (laughs) These are the burning questions. Burning questions. Yes. They figured it out for the horses. Why not for the dragons? Yeah, I, I, that's how I feel. I, I, I Again, I think I'm pretty unreasonable here. But I, I feel you about talking. I wouldn't like it if they talked either. In any, if she could communicate even telepathically or anything, I wouldn't like that. Let me uh, let me take yeah. care of this real quick here. Let's take oh, yeah. a quick short break while we do a... Um, we've got an ad to do here. A mid-roll. A little mid-roll As ad. As Vernon would say, we got to pay the bills. Yes, that's right. As Vernon would say, we got to pay the bills. Pay the bills. <laughs> so we have... <laughs> Sean and I are wearing Sorry. studio headphones here, which we're, I'm very much liking. I'm going to take them off for a second. You can see it's got this great mechanism here that makes it really smooth to adjust on my head, which I really like that. These are good quality. We have a, a discount code available. The again, they're Studio. They're a Swedish company, and this is S U D I O. Yes, S U D I O. The discount code is Westeros, and you get fifteen percent off any purchase. And for the month of October, which of course this is well timed for, this is the last day of September. We have. Uh, they are doing a, is it, wait, today's the 29th, isn't it? Okay, second to last day. <laughs> they are giving 10% of their proceeds to Pink Ribbon Foundation, which is a breast cancer charity, part of the International mm-hmm. Breast Cancer Charity Network. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm very happy with these headphones. I've only had them for about five or six I have, days. I have one thing to say, though. If you get the headphones, their studio headphones, you have to listen to Sue Sue Studio. The first thing <laughs> it's just the, It's just a rule. <laughs> That's right. That's our rule, not not their rule. Sure. But still, it's a rule. And as soon as you said that, all I could think about was that yeah. song. So, so I've been using these nonstop for about five or six days, Fair walking enough. around listening to podcasts, walking around doing my chores. Nonstop, huh? You, while you slept? I slept in, the in them. I took a shower yeah. with them. In there. No, I'm just kidding. I did not, they're not waterproof, as far as I know. But they, they're they also very, you know, they're they're firm, but not they don't press too hard. That's one thing that a lot of these headphones, they kind of like, if you wear them too long, they kind of hurt. These mm-hmm. are firm, but they don't hurt after a while, which I really like that, too. I, 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 I could have jogged in these easily, and they wouldn't have come off. Super Chats. Uh, we got one from Acrefray. Some characters you hate early on, you may love later. Some characters do evil things in service of what they think is the greater good. Duty versus love. The, and then in quotes, the human heart in conflict with itself, which is something we were talking about earlier as a selling point of the show. Very well said. Uh, that really is what the show's about, honestly. Anyways, another super chat from Alexander Wilson, who asks us, how do you feel that we will get an actual definite ending to Game of Thrones? Mm. Well, I was never worried about that, so I feel about the same. I yeah, I, I feel the same. I think we're getting a definitive ending. I think that they, you know, one of the things about the series is that the books, Todd, this is maybe something, that, a point of trivia, the books haven't been completed, and the show yeah. has passed the book material. So they've had to... I don't know if you knew that. They've had to work without... I did know that. You did, okay. Okay. So... And how do you feel they've done? Well, not bad. You know, sometimes they've done quite poorly, but sometimes they've done quite well. As one of our earlier commenters said, there's about 15 or more storylines going in at any given time. So... That's one thing that the show has that's really great because maybe you don't like one of the storylines. Maybe you don't like five of the storylines, but maybe you do like the other ten. So... 
it, it, you get a lot of, that's part of why it generates so much talk is that some people really focus on certain things and really like those things. Mm -hmm. Whereas, so you can kind of get past the things you don't like because they're so separate from some of these other very distinct plot lines that barely touch each other. Yeah. And, right. you know, maybe so, you really like one actor's performance in this one scene, mm -hmm. whereas, yeah. you know, so, it doesn't But work also, well. in terms of the books, in terms of uh, the show outpacing the books, there's tons of things in the books that aren't in the show, and there's tons of things that the show is going to wrap up differently than the books will. So it's really just like getting an alternate story, an alternate you know, version of it all, I think. And so I'm fine with it. It's not going it, to... The things it'll spoil, it, it, that's not the point of it. The point of it is the journey. It isn't some plot point. And the things it won't spoil are, like, a myriad. There are so many things that are in the book, so many plot lines, characters, large things that are not in the show. Which is to say, my other point, is, uh, in terms of convincing you, if by any chance you like to read books, there's an awesome book series that we hear it's based on. <laughs> I don't know if you like to read books, and this is a pretty long book. Sha even Sean here is only partway through the second book of the series. For like, Oh, okay. So well, I've read well, I don't, ten times. Yeah, he, he doesn't I do. read <laughs> I do read books, but very rarely uh, fantasy. No, yeah. I I read very few novels these days. Nonfiction stuff, then. I'm mostly a nonfiction. Oh, guy. cool. I'm told that's average for old white dudes. <laughs> stop reading fiction. Are you reading nonfiction about old white dudes too? <laughs> sure, I'll read nonfiction about old white dudes, old white ladies, old black dudes. What's old, what's hot old, in the whoever. old white dude fiction section these days? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the big? What's the top seller in the? I, you know, when I go to the bookstore, I don't see that section. I don't... <laughs> the the. <laughs> the nonfiction book that I've been working through is uh, a book by Vern, not Vern from You're the Worst, it's Vern <laughs> the writer from Ain't It Cool News, wrote a, a book called Seagology, and mm -hmm. it's a breakdown of all of Steven Seagal's films. <laughs> from That's the late Psychology. 80s to the present, and I can't recommend it more, even if you don't know that much about Steven Seagal his passion for the these movies and the way they've devolved into total garbage <laughs> and he will find he will find the positive silver lining of any piece of junk Seagal <laughs> has done and it's so much fun to read I can't I can't recommend it more Seagology uh, uh, alright but then I I did pick up a fiction book, and it was this book because I read about a, a movie about a giant shark mm -hmm. that they're making with oh. Jason Statham called Meg. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Meg? what the Meg? hell? Yeah, it's called Meg. And it's That's a giant shark. shark, right? <laughs> it's a megalodon. It's oh. a prehistoric oh. giant oh. shark. Okay. Meg I, for short. I was just thinking of the female. I see what thing. they did yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they tricked you. They did. They um, tricked us good. <laughs> But so I was like, I got to wait till next summer to see that movie. Fuck that. I'm going to read the book. So I'm reading that book. It's, it's amusing. It's kind of dumb, but it's fun. But obviously you guys know I like dumb, fun stuff. So there you go. Yes. I guess we've talked about camp a few times. Yeah. yeah I guess that that's another thing that it, it kind of scares me about diving into Game of Thrones is I'm concerned it'll have a level of pretentiousness that I won't care for. <laughs> is that true at all? I think that came along with the increase 
stylization as it went on. I think it became a little easier to make fun of for being pretentious in the later seasons than the earlier seasons. Oh, okay. I, I try to be objective. You know what I mean? I, I, I know there are some certain plot lines that, that I didn't like, and I know I'm not alone. A lot of other people didn't like them also. And I know that it's... the I know they're... In the same way I pointed out that I, I know that there's a slice of the population like you who like cool, action-y kind of stuff, you know? There's another slice of the population who likes to mock you know, highbrow stuff. And sure. Game of Thrones has both. It's got highbrow stuff that you can mock for being pretentious, and it's got some cool action fights. You know, it's 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 really a, such a spread out thing. Like we were saying also, it has so many different characters and storylines that yeah. it's really easy to be angry at the show and to love the show at the same time. It's, it does <laughs> okay. so much in so many yeah. different ways. So. Which brings me, sure. I'll say this super chat we got, I didn't read before this, from Corky94. Out of the 67 existing Game of Thrones episodes, there are very few episodes where dragons or zombies have played a significant part. The series is far closer to the Godfather, politics and scheming. I'd say that's true, uh, although I'd yeah, say the dragons yeah. and zombie stuff is pretty spectacular. That yeah. It kind of, it can overshadow the other stuff. You you might uh, have one episode with a dragon battle in a season, or the dragons in action, but that moment was huge. And yeah, had it just costs so much to yeah. film those moments. And <laughs> the Godfather they also have wolves, by, just by the yeah, way, yeah. like giant, giant wolves. wolves yeah. I don't know if that's The Godfather is like lauded, you know what I mean? Just wolves, like the gray, like in the gray. They're like dire, 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 dire wolves. wolves. They're, They're big, bigger. like wolves. Which is actually a real wolves. thing. But it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Can you bottle fight them? Like <laughs> if you dare. There's I saw that movie, The Gray, by the way. That movie was awesome. That's a super underrated movie. <laughs> I loved it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. And I got to work with, uh, I did a show guest star on a show with uh, Dermot Mulroney. So I, oh. I was picking his brain about being out in the cold for all that time. That movie is bleak. It's pretty cool. Bleak, bleak, bleak. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, but if you stay for the post-credit um, stinger, I don't know. There's, you know, there's, there's a, something in that. There was something. Did you wait? I didn't know. I didn't know there was a, an after scene. All right. Can I, can I, can I spoil it or should sure, I not? Sure, yeah. If you don't want to be spoiled on gray, the gray, then sorry, folks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So after the credits, there's a moment and, and you see the wolf. Right, and and he's breathing, and Liam Neeson is lying. You just see the back of his head, like lying. Uh, ostensibly, he's been killed by the wolf, oh. but then the wolf has like a death rattle, oh. and the wolf dies. So they both die. So it's a tie, you guys. No, <laughs> nobody wins. It's it, the the the. It's a, got a very gray ending. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. I see. I see what I did there. <laughs> go ahead. I, I was gonna say about The Godfather. While I that movie is, every critic's got in their top ten list. But I can also see how it's boring. You know what I mean? I can see both. But I think. When people think back to The Godfather, there's probably a couple things that are in the forefront of your mind, like the big memories from The Godfather, the Godfather or like the, the shootout of the, you know, of uh, James Caan, right? And the horse head in a bed. Like those big, violent, action-y moments, they stand out more when you've had this, quote-unquote, boring drama to build up to these intense moments, you know? Well, I... The only thing I would say about The Godfather, and, and, and having not seen Game of Thrones, maybe Game of Thrones has this tension throughout, but The Godfather, the characters are very volatile, and they're always in very volatile situations. So at no point 
in in the movie are you thinking in every scene it feels like somebody yes. could die i'd say that is exactly you know? correct for game of thrones that is kind of its shtick to be honest is that anyone can die that you're worried for people people are volatile I would say that it's a little less true in this most recent season, in the, the last season, but I think it's gonna be just as true, more true than ever in the final season. Obviously, it's the final season. Yeah. But it happens a little less this last season, but I mean, throughout the previous, you know, previous, you know, first five seasons, really, characters you would not predict will die, will die. So you'll be worried for everyone, especially because we just told you this. One of the things that you mentioned, you mentioned Lord of the Rings earlier, and one of the things that mm-hmm. George R. R. Martin is the author of of, of Game of Thrones, and he, he's a big right. fan of Tolkien. But he criticized one crucial decision that Tolkien made when writing Lord of the Rings, which was that he thought it was a big mistake for Gandalf to come back. He thought once Gandalf was dead, he should have stayed dead, and they shouldn't have this people coming back thing because it's the opposite of what you're talking about. If a character can just come back, yeah. then then even when they do die, you're like, ah, oh, but they might come back. Maybe they're not dead, you know? Mm-hmm. But but if with permanent, when, when a character dies and stays dead, you know, and that's that's more, gives you that sense of dread for any of your favorites. What Game, Game of Thrones is a large enough cast that it's done all these things. It's had characters die and stay dead. It's had a couple of cases where someone seemingly died and came back. And I don't mean like through magical means. I just mean like, oh, they weren't actually dead. Uh, and things like that. So yeah. that's what you can do with a giant cast. That's, that's, that's a flaw with a lot of shows is that when, let's say there's like a whodunit type show. Oh, let's, let's say Claws. Let's say Claws right here. Right. Niecy you, Nash is never going to die. The main character, Desna, she's never going to die. I mean, I don't want her to, but you're not ever, ever worried about her. I'm not. Or when you have like a whodunit situation and there's like only eight, there's only ten characters on the whole show. You've only got ten options for who the whodunit could have been, right? You just kind of narrow it down. It's too easy to figure out. This this is a huge ensemble cast. That's the thing about it is that it's it's definitely one of the biggest ensembles on TV, uh, which is good. It might be the biggest. I say one of because Orange is the New Black is a particularly big ensemble fair, as well. That, that's actually a, a really good selling point. Cool. I'm, I'm glad you All said right. that about uh, <laughs> Martin's thing about people staying dead because that is something that drives me bananas about modern storytelling, especially uh, uh, cinematically, because of the the, the all the superhero mm-hmm. stuff. And superheroes are constantly dying and coming back to life. And to me, that just removes stakes. They have no tension. Yeah. Like, it's just like, yeah, who cares? I mean, he'll be fine. Superman, he'll be fine. Not even the bad guys have tension. The bad guys don't even die. They just, like, get loose and then recover or something. Put him in asylum and then break out next movie. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, None of us are big fans of superhero movies, yeah. (laughs) And and to talk about... And to reference, to bring it back to Claws, because I, I, I'm obsessed with that show and I bring everything back to that fucking show. Uh, but they did do that. And at first I was like, no, no. But then it was so bananas <laughs> that I was like, okay, okay, I can go with this. This is so bananas. So if you're going to do it, it should be bananas. All right, that's to keep watching. That's to keep watching. One thing that I that bothers me about most of the big budget action movies is, you know, what we've been saying here is that the action doesn't have the same impact on me when I'm not worried about the characters. When I just know that there's like th- three minutes later, the car chase will be done and they're going to make a video game later and we're going to get back to the main character winning the girl and beating the bad guy. <laughs> but uh, when a main character dies, suddenly all of the action 
is more enticing when you're actually worried True. that uh, yeah. a main character, a, a good guy or a central or even the main character will die. I remember the first time I, I saw, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, the first time I saw something like that was in this uh, William Friedkin movie called To Live and Die in L.A. Did you ever see this movie? I've heard of it, but haven't seen it. it yeah. It's not the greatest movie. It's just like a cop thriller thing. But what, like one of the main characters out of nowhere you know, three quarters of the way into the movie gets popped and there's no like within the action sequence, there's no, they don't stop. He's not lying on the ground. Somebody holding him saying, hang on, or do you need me to tell something to your wife or, you know, there's none of that. He just drops. And then it takes you a few minutes to realize, Oh shit. (laughs) This guy we've been hanging out with is not here anymore. (laughs) What's happening. (laughs) And it's so crazy. So I, I totally know what you mean when you're saying that. So. So, someone in the chat said Claws is crazy good. And another person in the chat said that was a good movie. They liked that. Another person also brought up how the sex scene in the Claws pilot had them looking at what channel it was on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was pretty. It's on TNT, which is like a couple of sex scenes in yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a sex scene in, yeah. like, within the first two minutes, <laughs> yeah, I believe. Yeah. Like, pretty pretty. Yeah, you're right. It was. Movie. It was very early. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, another thing I'll say in line with we're bouncing around a bunch of topics. I was scared to bring this up at first, but for the sake of the podcast and for my own uh, obsessiveness, I guess, taking notes on Game of Thrones. When I watch each episode, I'm taking notes. And I have, uh, I, I kind of lay out all the characters on my page. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Through the seasons, they've introduced characters and some have been written off or killed or whatever, you know, but. I have like 50 names written down and I'm not like writing down every character I can think of. I'm writing down every character who is playing a significant role, you know, and I have like 50 names oh, written wow. down huge. in my it paper. It really yeah. is a huge cast. So there's very little wasted acting time is what you're saying. There, There's a little, but yeah, but there's very it, little. It depends yeah. on what you might call wasted because there's a few moments, a couple of moments that I particularly like, but that some people complained about where a couple of characters were having a relatively mundane conversation, like telling each other a joke or talking about what kind of wine they like. And it wasn't particularly plot connected, but it was still, uh, without giving too much away these characters, but it was demonstrating the difference in their class or their role, their relation to each yeah. other, stuff like that. So I, I actually kind of like to see the kind of day-to-day activities of characters because, it one, it helps put in perspective I just know that the dude on a horse with a sword going to fight in battle, I know he had to put that suit on and he had someone helping him and it's heavy and he has to pee. And like, you know, there's like, he's still a human. It has to go through the motions of life. He's not just this knight on a sword. And I like to see the real person making their way day to day, not just the knight in the middle of the battle. You know, I like to see the whole of the character. Oh, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. I just don't like it when they spend too much time getting to the sword fighting. That's all. <laughs> you know, another another important comparison here is that dragons and wolves both have claws. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, do they know, get them done in Florida? Are they like fancy? Yeah, the Why dragons in Game of Thrones are known to swap out their nail tips. <laughs> <in> the <episodes. laughs> very, very fancy dragons. All right. Well, now I'm going to watch it because the nails on claws are fantastic. I didn't even know I cared about fingernails until I watched that show. 
<laughs> okay, I wanted to move on. We have a couple other sections we wanted to get to. Uh, I wanted to say my last selling point before, before. I wanted to ask a little bit more about what shows you're watching. You can try to sell us on some other shows. I've got a few shows written down already that you mentioned. Obviously, Claws and Ash versus Evil Dead. But before I get to that, I wanted to say that my last... Uh, you know, selling point here is that if you watch Game of Thrones, uh, you get to come back in like three months and tell us how wrong we were, or how right, we're, or how right we were. Like you could just do it, just to stick it oh. to us. Just say it. Oh, that's a good selling point. I could just come back and be pissed. Yeah, you could. God well, damn all of you. And here's something that we <laughs> probably won't get pissed about, but something I just saw someone in the chat say something that made me laugh. I couldn't even keep it in. I was laughing while she was talking. It was like, you guys are really avoiding the incest talk. There yeah. is a lot of incest There's in There's a lot of, of incest. It's true. So, yeah. well, so, yeah, so I don't that know if that's a selling point or not, but there is. It's the thing we should tell you. He's like, ooh, incest? Why didn't you tell me sooner? She started with that. Actually, you know, I really liked uh, Bates Motel, and that was oh, yeah. all about yeah, like, yeah. sexual tension between a mom and her son, which made me feel creepy. I was like, why am I engaged in this? Isn't but that what every movie and engaging. TV show is about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Secretly. They're mostly about that, yeah. So, yeah. what other shows are you watching that came out in the last year or two that you would like to sell us on, or just tell us that you're watching? Well, I I mean, we just finished uh, Orphan Black. Oh, awesome. Oh. Aziz and I watch Orphan Black. We have the final season to watch. We yeah, are actually, we were we're actually up, a season behind. I think so I don't spoil us. Th- three? I, it, definitely the first two. I think I also will tell this, the third season of it. Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, mostly it's because of her, to be honest with you. She's so good. The first, yeah, the first she's season, amazing. I didn't. The first few episodes, I didn't even realize it was her in some of the parts. <laughs> her mom. There's a story about like on set filming Orphan Black. Her mom was on set one day, and she was filming as you know one of the other characters. And her mom turned to someone else and says, "When when's Tatiana gonna get on set?" <laughs> it was her daughter on. It was. I mean, and it's yeah. unbelievable because she really is amazing. Yeah. I mean, she she's definitely giving a masterclass in acting, but it's also a fun show. I mean, the supporting characters yeah. are all really good. I will say, I I kept watching it the whole time and I enjoyed it the whole time. The last couple seasons can get hard to comprehend as far as what's going on. That's what I happened agree. with us. And so we we have, I guess, we stopped um, in season four. So we have uh, the final two episodes of season four and then season five, the final season to watch. And I'm already like, so much of this is not going to make sense to me. I'm not going to remember all of these ins and outs. I, I don't think I understood it in the first place. So There's, yeah. a, there's one of the actors in uh, Orphan Black is uh, Game of Thrones. Was it, yeah, it's it, true. Has uh, a couple season run. Uh, Sarah's a, you know, scruffy boy friend the, her, her her nice the very boy handsome toy. guy the handsome. oh right on yeah <laughs> that guy he's in it uh michael what's his real name michiel huisman michiel huisman yeah, yeah. Right. it's a hard name to say <laughs> that is it's too much the names of actors have become too much <laughs> <laughs> they're so hard to say uh. Uh, so you got Orphan Black. So far, you named quite a few shows with some a, a lot of female cast members with Claws and Orphan I, Black. Right yeah, there. I guess I like nice. I like female characters in the forefront. But I like uh, I like stuff with dudes too. Uh, <laughs> I like uh, I really like the show Baskets. I can't believe how good that show is. I mean, I I, I had high expectations because I knew Louis was behind it. So when I think about shows and what what to watch, what I like, what I recommend, how I rate things. I kind of recognize there's this difference between things that are appealing to me and things that are generally good. 
Baskets is appealing to me. This someone just got my brain and knew what I would like and made baskets. It's so good. Yeah. I, I feel that way. I think a lot of people feel that way because it, it it's definitely kind of a bananas and somewhat depressive yes. <laughs> comedy yeah. show. It's, it's weird how it's hilarious and depressing at the same time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's kind of yeah, and it's like you're the worst. It's uh, the characters are for the most part unlikable or uh, <laughs> in, in some instances just pathetic. But I I find it so funny. And another show I really like is uh, People of Earth. Oh, uh, that's actually on my list. I've seen the first episode of that, and I just I just fell off. But it, I'm more likely to get to it now. I definitely was interested. I like it when they have sci-fi, fantasy, comedies. It's just an interesting. Yeah. Different. Who, who's in that? What show? What channel is that on? It's TBS, uh, I t- believe. Yeah, it's TBS. It's uh, Wyatt Cenac. I hope I said that right. Uh, who yeah. used to be on the Daily Show? Uh, he's sort of yeah. the head of an ensemble cast. A lot of recognizable... A lot uh, of comedians you would know, for yeah. sure, Sean. It's about a support group for uh, people who've been abducted by aliens. Yeah. Okay. But maybe the I'm aliens actually exist. Yeah, it's maybe the, it's okay, real, maybe like it's the, not. It's very yeah, funny, maybe, but maybe, it's, you know. you know, unlike Baskets, I, I mean, the characters have a pathetic quality to them, but they're less, uh, you know, they're, they're all very likable. It's a, it's a sweet show. I think, you mm-hmm. know, it's got a sweet core to it yeah. and it's very you, dry are, and funny. Are you watching the good place? No, I didn't do that because, uh, I have this just weird thing about God, I guess. Yeah. I have that too. I'm very atheist. Both of the season I are, but it's just not about that. I, I, Sean is kidding me. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I would call myself agnostic and yeah. that's a whole debate. To but, but, I, I but would it, call myself agnostic. Yeah. More than, an but you, the, point, the point remains that we're uh, all of us are uncomfortable with that sort of thing. This is me saying, throw that out the window. It's a really good show. Yeah. It's not about heaven it's, or hell or anything. It's not religious at all. Yeah. It's not religious at all. God God isn't really a part of it. As they say in it, they say they like in one of the, the first episodes they ask, uh, "Well, what what religion got it right?" You know, and they say eh, each religion maybe got two percent of it. <laughs> the only person who really got it right was this was this stoner guy who did mushrooms in <laughs> Iowa, and he just went off, you know, ta- whatever his name was, I forget what it was, and he just said he just said like ninety seven percent of everything. <laughs> <laughs> So it's very irreverent about it's all that. Irreverent, yeah, it's irreverent. Yeah. It's very oh, cool. like it does. It's not specific about anything. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's good. It's a, it's a definitely if you like fantasy, sci-fi, and your comedy. If you like a, a good, a good heartwarming tone to it, while also being a little off the wall, zany. It's also pretty plot driven for a comedy. It's too. It's very plot driven. A lot of plot twists constantly. Like you'll finish the first episode, uh, the last episode of the first season, and be like, "What?" It's, it's like shocking. <laughs> Uh, so there's all that. And yeah, I, mean, I already know. I already know the twist. So, oh, you do. Yeah. Don't say it. Don't say it. Because no, I'm don't. not. I'm not gonna. No, obviously. But I'll watch but, uh, it anyway. I, but I'm yeah, not, obviously, if you if yeah. you like Mike Sure, if you like The Office or Parks and Rec or Brooklyn, any of his shows, it's good. It, it's in line with that. And we're big fans of that kind of show. They're a little less risque or explicit than a lot of the comedies that we watch. I mean, we, we like things like you know You're the Worst and and Broad City and things like that, which can curb your enthusiasm, which are you know a little edgier. So <laughs> this this fills a different uh, yeah. you know hole in my TV watching uh, lineup, which is you know heartwarming, wholesome kind of stuff. <laughs> okay to watch with your mom. Okay to watch yeah. with your mom and your kids. I don't know. Uh, it <laughs> right. definitely. I'm like. Unlike Game of Thrones or Claws or yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I th- another show I like, and and this is weird. Uh, w- really surprised me. I really enjoy the show Lethal Weapon. <laughs> so people are mentioning that in our chat room right now. They're talking about that. I haven't checked it out. I do love it's, the It's Always Sunny remakes of it's, of Lethal Weapon, but <laughs> it, It's Always Sunny is a show I I still watch and and oh, yeah. really enjoy. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. big fans. <laughs> yeah, the mm-hmm. thing about Lethal Weapon that I like is it's it's not serialized. It's such a throwback to eighties TV really? and 18? obviously eighties movies. Yeah, and 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 you know the two leads are having fun with each other, and it, the show, you know, it, it rides that line like the movies did of of being you know having a good sense of humor, and then all of a sudden getting very serious and dramatic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I find it really entertaining, and it's got explosions. See, <laughs> Ooh. explosions. Game of Thrones has explosions. It does even actually you know, does have explosions. Sort, sort of medieval. Of. It does. I yeah, that's you know that sounds good. I like explosions. <laughs> Let's take care of a few more uh, comments so, we, here. Yeah, we do. Uh, all right, from Tim Wills, super chat. He said, "Todd, my pupils in China were so engrossed by Game of Thrones that they thought it was real Western medieval history." Okay, uh, <laughs> Western history, folks. I love going to Atlanta, but rarely get out of Kennesaw or Midtown. Where should I go? Well, Midtown is probably the best part of town. That's my favorite part of town. But I also. What's that? Go to Little Five Points. Little Five Points, yes. Little Five Points. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, Little Five Points is really uh, very artsy. Lots of uh, lots of different restaurants. Lots of uh, lots of culture there. There's a lot of like smaller art galleries and things like that. Yeah, it's a good it's a good play. A lot of venues, um, smaller music venues, kind of interesting bars and restaurants. Uh, East East Atlanta, East Atlanta Village, EAV. Yeah. All right. Uh, second super chat from Stephen Stark. I mean, not. I mean, many from him, but this is our second one. Uh, <laughs> another selling point: the fantastic community. And I'd say this community includes our former president Barack Obama, who loves Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's no. right. It's just a lot of a lot of people like Game of Thrones. It, sure. I, it, there's lots of like rabid fans like us, but it's true as well that. I just, I mean, it's a huge amount of people that are into it. The pop culture references are every Saturday Night Live is, has done multiple Game of Thrones sketches. Uh, yeah. 30 Rock brought it up, not 30 Rock, but uh, Parks and Rec brought it up multiple times. Parks and Rec, 30 Rock. Yeah, like even, even your own show. There's this you're one show, the You're the Worst, that had a character dressed up like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah. definitely a phenomenon. I, I would yeah. never argue that. People do love this show. Yeah, no getting but, around uh, that. That's true. All right. It was a, a comment that I wanted to make earlier. The community is a good way to put it. That uh, I, I was going to ask: Would you go back and not have watched Lost? Like, despite like the frustration or disappointment at the end, for me anyway, I still enjoyed week to week talking to all my friends and coworkers about it, and I still have all these characters and these moments and these images in my mind. And I still went through all these emotions through the whole thing, and at the end. You're, you're like you're left with what's at the end and if the end sucks you're left thinking it sucks but dude it was like years and years of goodness right <laughs> so I feel like Game of Thrones you're just missing out on this whole thing You, we could have had you on a guest like 10 times already <laughs> you've been watching all along I was missing out I, I just got on Twitter right before this season started and yeah. like suddenly it's like 500 followers all these people love Game of Thrones we're all talking about it and making jokes and connecting on other levels and it's just this whole community of people out there that are loving this on a bunch of different levels, whether it's for the explosions or the symbolism or the costume design. Or the explosive symbolism. <laughs> or the explosive costume design. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would definitely agree with all that. Uh, it, it, you, you're, you've definitely tempted me. I, I think I <laughs> might dip so my toes in. We're about at the hour and a half mark, but there was one thing I wanted to ra- I wanted to end it with, which was I just wanted us to talk about our favorite our, our favorite Vernon moments. Yeah, oh, okay. I just we're wanted to because uh, we have up your them. ego here a minute. And I, our... I was putting images <laughs> I'll on the screen. That. Yeah. <laughs> but personally, one of my favorite running jokes in the whole show is Vernon saying that I was born dead <laughs> and that he regrets being born dead. <laughs> he goes so far as to say his parents never loved him because he was born dead. They never like connected with him. Yeah, so it's just <laughs> take this portion not only as a uh, as us, you know, being very loving these moments in your show, but also for people, anyone who's watching who hasn't seen You're the Worst here yet. All th- we're not just saying it because he's our guest. We all three of us. You're our, he's our guest the show because since we love season the show. one. Yeah. First episode, we watch it when it airs. We don't watch it later on the DVR. We watch it when it airs. That's cool. And yeah, it's like appointment like television. It. That's very old school. Uh, yes, yes. most shows it. we don't do that with. Do we do that with Game of Thrones? Of course, because we got to yeah. be on top of it. But most shows we just like DVR. Watch it uh-huh. when we get. Yeah, but you're the worst. We're ready every time. Uh-huh. Thank you. That's awesome. So obviously, the, the Born Dead stuff is a long running thing. But uh, there's, this, I think my. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole show, honestly. Like, the one that made me laugh the most is the scene where Vernon goes in to, to get money from Paul while he's on the toilet. <laughs> and it's this great bit of physical acting, <laughs> physical comedy. I, it just brings me to tears when I watch it. And the reason... And the reason he ju- goes into the bathroom desperately get, trying to seek money is he is a... Your, your, your character is a money slave. Is that the right term? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this show is so incredibly written and they find such bizarre stuff. But when I read that, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't understand. <laughs> what I don't are they talking about? Here all. Yeah. And I so- looked it up and it's really a thing and it, and it's not just a thing. It is. There, people yeah. make, make money off of the fact that it exists. There's a whole, you go on Amazon and there's, there's, uh, erotica that's just about <laughs> money slaves and financial dominatrixes. It's bananas. We need to, we need to explain this to people who haven't seen the show. Like, this, his character is addicted to giving money to uh, this woman online uh, uh, across through, the world. Yeah, like she, in whatever Russia, wherever yeah, just she like, is. Just like you've been naughty. Give me ten thousand dollars right now, or I'll blah 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 blah. And he just enjoys. It's like, okay, here you go, ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's just like addicted to giving her money. It's just crazy. And his it's wife insane. is like, what are you doing? And he's hiding it from her, and she doesn't know he's giving away all this money. And otherwise, Vernon's character is completely normal. <laughs> <laughs> just, just born, born thing. dead, and a money slave. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, yeah. Okay, I'm just listing off a bunch of favorite ones. I haven't even let you guys get anything in, but I'll go with another line. It's a really subtle line, but I I've thought about it after the fact a few times. They're talking about getting a weed card. Everyone is, you know. Like, I know what line you're about to say. Yeah, yeah, and, and and you know he said, and Vernon says is his reason. I just said I saw a dog, and and the other character says, "Did you?" And he goes, "No, man, total lie. I didn't see a dog all day. Just make that well, on TV, sure. You know, he goes on. <laughs> you can't turn on a TV without seeing four or five of them shits. 
or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of people in the chat that want to learn how to become a financial dominator. A bunch of ladies here are saying, how can I do that? Can I do Send me that? an email. Oh, uh, I got you. I, guess. I don't know how you do that, but I don't imagine it would be very hard. You just got to figure out what website where those people want to get hooked up and maybe read some of the books, read some of the books and know what you got to do. Money slaving See, 101. Seems like a good gig. It's, it's just, money slavers. Money slavery, yeah. Money yeah. slavery. How to be a money slave lord. Just treat a rich guy like shit and you take all his money. Yeah. I would do that. Hell. Seems easy. I was doing those that, that weed card, that whole scene. I'm yeah. doing it and I, I'm, I was so distracted the whole time because one of my musical heroes, Ben Folds, is literally sitting <laughs> right next to me. And I was like, I can't believe I'm acting right next to Ben Folds. It was crazy. You got to, you got to tell him what Brick was about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was good, too. Okay, I got one more, one more moment that I got to share from this. And so maybe you guys have something else. But mine is when, it, like, I think it's... It, in the horror movie episode uh, where they go to, you guys go to the oh, horror house, yeah. you say, they've got a real life Babadook, right? <laughs> and then you get this other line that you say during one of those long monologue speeches that you give where you like pour your heart out and you say, I regret seeing the Babadook. <laughs> you, it's so scary, you guys. Do not see the Babadook. <laughs> that's, just, that's what you had to get out there. That was my no. favorite line. I do not see that we were so emphatic. And my favorite <laughs> moment was definitely when you and Paul in the bathroom. That was so funny. Yeah. And then, so so one, of, one of my favorite moments, besides the podcast stuff, which is obviously, we already mentioned we talked about that at the beginning, yes. but the, the road trip with Paul. Now, for, for people who haven't seen the show, Paul is an extremely straight-laced but he's a nerd. Super he's a intelligent, nerd. like financial math genius type. And and despite what we, you know, how goofy we made your character sound, Herman is an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah, he's doctor. So he's not, you know, he's he's not a dummy. He's I just don't know crazy. how good a doctor he is. <laughs> <laughs> not really sure well, about Somehow that. he got the title orthopedic he surgeon. Somehow he a lot got... of trash juice for a guy <laughs> who right. does surgery. <laughs> trash juice. I forgot about the trash juice. Now, yeah. what is trash juice made out of again? I forget. Whatever he has. Well, it's a punch. Yeah, it's just booze it's just and alcoholic fruit punch. punch. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever you, yeah. whatever you, yeah. Whatever you yeah. can sneak in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah whatever you, you can get into popcorn tins. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, so you guys run away from your wives in this scene. And it's a for, whole bottle for, episode. For understandable reasons. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. they also would have understandable reasons to have been running away from their husbands. So let's, sure. let's be clear. The show is called You're the Worst, but it really could apply to any of the it's characters. It's a running joke of the show is, is what... At what points you'll go, oh, that's the worst. Yeah. You know, right. it's, it's no. And how episode. many times can you top that point? It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's actually I difficult think, to figure I out who the Lindsay actual wins. worst is. But. I think... Uh... You think... Yeah, Sean thinks Lindsay's the worst. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, really? I really? I don't know. I think... I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Jimmy lately, so mm. I don't know. And Gretchen's been pretty awful, too. I don't think Lindsay's the worst. I, I think don't know she's, who the worst is. I it's, think she's too dumb to it's truly It's not Edgar. Worse. <laughs> it's not Edgar. He's not the worst. He's probably the best. Yeah, I mean, I if you really break it down, you know, and I love Janet Varney so much. But Becca's the I worst. would say Becca's the worst. She's terrible. <laughs> She's really bad. She's really bad. Like the shit she says to Vernon is just, I mean, as bad a douche as Vernon is, boy, is she mean. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, that, that moment from the latest episode, or no, it wasn't the latest one. It was the one before, where she where she comes after Hillary Clinton. There, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forget what exactly she says, but she like says something like, "We will get, her, we'll get her, or we'll get her emails or something." <laughs> yeah. And she's uh, just like drinking while pregnant, like no problem. Yeah, just, I can uh, have yes. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's a good she, reason to call her the worst. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's yeah. true. But it's not like Lindsay wouldn't do that too, right? Yeah, no, Lindsay. Well, I think I think Beck is a lot smarter than Lindsay. I do. It's worse for Becca to do it because she should know better. And I both of them so. like that. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. And, and, it. and it's 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 said that Lindsay got married to you know to be married first, so she could marry before you your characters did. But it's also it's it's very clear that they're competitive about everything, and it's entirely possible that that's an extension of. Of her marrying you to to as a competitive thing, you know, to just be like, right. oh, my my husband's a surgeon. It's like, oh, my husband's a banking executive, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were, were you building it to a certain moment from that that episode? Where no, they I just I love yeah. the because they the camp well the, the campfire they when they're building the fire together and yelling. Oh! <laughs> I, I, one thing I appreciate about the show, in the same way I kind of build up Game of Thrones by talking about how diverse it is, how many different types of things it does, I feel that way about You're the Worst also. It has these just preposterously hilarious moments, but it also is like pulling tears out of me sometimes. Like, man, this is really sad. This is really yeah. dark. And I also kind yeah. of play around with the types of episodes they have. That, that The opener of this season was like a very unique episode for, for, of... Jimmy. From among the episodes of the season, yeah. but also TV in general, the show where you guys go out in the woods, they, they get a, a, a range of different types of episodes coming out of You're the Worst, and uh, and I appreciate that they can have episodes focused on your character. The, yeah, there are a couple of more central characters, but the secondary and tertiary characters are also interesting, and as the mm-hmm. seasons go, we get more and more of them, too. So. I'll tell you, I was really excited to get a Vernon and Paul episode, because I love both of you guys, but now I think we need to get, like, we need to get a Sam Dresden and, and Honey Nuts and Shitstain yeah. episode. I'm oh, really, that would be amazing. I'm, I'm dying to see more of them. I just, I, they crack me up so have, much. I haven't, has Vernon interacted with them? I have, have you? Have you? With them? I don't think I you assume. have. You would know. That needs to happen. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it hasn't yeah. happened yet because when it does, that's just going to take over the that's show. That's going to be saving. definitely. Like, cool. Maybe that's why they're not doing it. Saving it for just take over the whole network. <laughs> yeah, they would just. They would Your just character have to drop. hanging out with those characters would be a ball. I mean, that would be. It would be. I think the comic potential of that, and just the way Vernon would interact with anyone of color, <laughs> anyone. <laughs> Oh yeah, anyone of color. Yeah, anyone. Part of how I take your character is that you've kind of like (laughs) gone through these steps that you're supposed to do in life. You went to school, you became a doctor, you got married, but you don't want to do all that. You want to do what you want to do, whether going your man cave or giving all your money away or like. Yeah, and Vernon would work so hard to be cool with a bunch of rappers. Yeah, I mean, I just think, and then you'll do. You'll sometimes you'll try too hard and they'll make fun of you or scoff at you, but sometimes you'll be willing, you'll be down, you'll be down to do things that other people won't, and they'll be so excited to have you with them, right? <laughs> they'll be able to get me to do anything. <laughs> That's another element of it. We yeah. have uh, we have a couple people, at least one person I can see. I'm pretty sure other people said it before earlier in the chat. We have people volunteering to start watching You're the Worst if you watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, all right, you're on. I'll watch Game of Thrones. You guys watch You're the Worst. I'll totally also, do that. Also, anyone watching, make sure to hit the like button. Uh, help us, help us get this episode noticed a little more. Help expose uh, watch film You're picks. the Worst a little more. Yeah, as well. yeah. Watch film pigs yeah, too. Watching reviews. Yeah, and film pigs. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Go to filmpigs.com and check that out. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I guess that's about it. We got. We're about. 11 minutes past when we said we'd let you go by. Yeah, so I'm glad uh, glad you were able to stay a little extra time with us and glad just in general you came. Yeah, and let me just say, by the way, show. here, this never would have happened if Sean wasn't on Twitter right here. <laughs> he's He got on Twitter within the last maybe six months and he it's just he's just totally new to the experience. He's just willing <laughs> to, ta- to tweet at you and, and ask you to be on our show, which is honestly something we would never have done because we just, I don't know, we're too good for that. I don't know why we wouldn't do it because now it worked out, obviously, so maybe we should be doing that. So we have Sean Well, ben. yeah, I, the, you know, I would say if you want someone on your show, you just ask. If yeah, they say it's, it's no, true. you move on. If they say <laughs> yeah. yes, then you got a guest on your show. That's what I do with my shows. Yeah, hey, and we're going to do it more. We're going to try it more. I'm going to make Sean do it every time. <laughs> yeah, I was, when I was doing the, when the film pigs were doing the web series, you know, I remember we, when we first started, we weren't having guests. We were just trying to figure it out. And then I wound up on a podcast with Matt Walsh. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that dude yeah, I know Matt Walsh. Yeah. One yeah. of the founders of UCB. This guy's yeah, hilarious. Of course. of course. Yeah, he is hilarious. So we were just talking on mic, you know, and after the show, I was like, oh, you know, I do this thing. Would you do it? And he was like, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I did see that he, you had him on there. And I was like, did, I was like wondering if you had been involved in UCB at some point. And I crossed my mind. I didn't research it further. I was like, I guess they're friends. I, I, no, I, I just asked him. Sure. I asked him That's and awesome. he did it. And then his yeah. wife did too. And she's hilarious as well. So I had one question before we wrapped up, actually. Um. For film pigs and all that, did you get the role on You're the Worst because you were friends with Stephen Falk and you'd done stuff before? Or did you guys work together because of that? Or how did things happen there? I've I've managed to eke my way into something on most of the stuff he works on, but it's it's mm. not uh I don't I don't get handed it at all. I mm-hmm. I have to he he's a way in through the door absolutely, but I still have to read for it because there's all these other people involved and they don't okay, know who the cool. hell competitive, I am. yeah. So it wasn't like you guys knew each other and he was like, "This is my Vernon" or anything. <laughs> he was like, "I want to have a character named Vernon, you would be good?" Well, and, and he, I'll tell you what, um, for the pilot, the, the character I went out for, it was two lines Mm -hmm. and the character's name was simply groom. Uh, (laughs) there, he was not named Dr. Vernon Barbara. Oh, cause he was just the, yeah. 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 Of course. The first scene is in the wedding. Right. right, Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, I just got lucky in that the network. People liked me enough in those two lines, and I ad libbed a third, and and nice. then they were like, "Yeah, write more for that." So they didn't. It's just bananas, fun and good. So yeah. I got really lucky. That's lucky did, for uh, us too. Did Stephen Fault get catapulted into doing "You're the Worst" off the backs of his work with you on Film Picks? <laughs> <laughs> no, Falk did it all on his own. I mean, we went to acting school together, and he was an actor originally, and hmm. and he came out here and he did not care for you know the audition process and all that so he decided he wanted to be a writer and just became kind of a dedicated student of the industry and figured out what he could write that would sell and that's sort of what he's been doing he's it's i i didn't help him at all he's doing it all on his own 
<laughs> yeah, I think he's nailing it. Yeah. Uh, all my favorite shows right now are on the surface comedies that actually have these deep, sad, dark, serious moments. You know, that I think oh, that that's... You the, know what? We had a quick question. I meant to bring that up, actually, that that's, a, that's just something that You're the Worst has sort of in common with Game of Thrones. It's crazy. It's got so much going on. It's chaotic. It's hilarious. But there's real character growth and real storyline, like real arcs. And it's not just like a sitcom where like... Everything is back to the way it's like a re- every episode doesn't relate right, to the right. So it's not it's it's very much they're consistent. It's very plot yeah. driven. Yeah, that is cool. We yeah. had a we had a quick question here before we let you go um, in our chat. Who uh, she wants to know how was it to be on Hawaii Five O? <laughs> that's that's uh, her big question. That is probably one of the better guest star gigs I've ever gotten because you know they fly a first class. They have to. Oh, nice. Because of union contracts, they fly you first class to Hawaii. I worked, uh, I think, four of eight days that I was there. (laughs) So I had four days free in Hawaii, and they put you up in a fancy hotel. So it was great. And also, I actually watched that show. Uh, I, I, I like the action shows. Uh, so it was fun to, to meet, uh, Alex O'Loughlin, especially. I, Totally man crushed on him uh, during the shoot. <laughs> he's just a cool, cool Aussie dude. He's he as gorgeous uh, as he is. He's very down to earth, and uh, it was cool to get you know roughed up by him and Scott Con. So it was a it was a good uh, it was a good fun show to do. Nice, cool. Yeah, yeah it sounds like a blast. All right. So I think this is what we would want to do here. Since we're wrap we're wrapping things up here, but you're going to try out Game of Thrones, presumably. We it sounds like we at least got you to try it. If you like it and you watch it, we'll we'll have you back on, and uh, we can have a you know a second yeah. a follow up. And, and everybody, you, it and you don't like it, you get to you know yell at us however you choose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. You have to follow up either way. You can tell us why you didn't like it. But if if either way, and everybody else who's talking about watching, you're the worst. We'll also you guys back better watch it. I'm telling and come you, back and we'll chat. be able to have a combo Game of Thrones. You're the worst fest. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. I'm into it. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so, so much for okay. coming. This was awesome. This, thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, like, this, th- good job, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so, Glad uh, you got on Twitter. I show you got Janice Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Janice Griffith. Yeah. yeah. Very nice woman. She's <laughs> well-spoken. All right. So it's time for our outro music and all that. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thanks to everybody who showed up live. Thanks to everybody who's hit the like button and is going to check out You're the Worst because we'll we'll, we'll certainly have more to say about it. And check out our our secondary podcast, Fandom Media, which the audio version of this will be on, as well as on... uh, Todd, you're going to put this up as well. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure where. What's the... uh... I'm going to... Well, I have another podcast that I call the Toncast, where the host is always different and the very special guest is always me. Oh, okay. This is perfect. I can put that up there and it works perfectly. That's That's very cool. All right. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Thanks for coming. And we'll be back again shortly. We've got another... our, Our full release of the Blackfish episode is Wednesday. And if you're this different patrons have access to it already, but we are fully back into the book material, but we'll keep these live streams coming as well. They are just something to have in between, something to hang out, something to have fun with. We'll be having a variety of different guests and we'll be letting you know what those are going to be as we get them scheduled. So thanks again, everybody. And uh, Valar rewatch us. Valar reweed us. Valar Valar Mortatus. Valar Mortatus. I work. Sorry. (laughs) 